Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful Round Town, USA. We're over breakfast one morning, a woman said to her husband, I bet you don't know what day this is, do you? The husband, trying to hide his surprise, said indignantly, Of course I do! And then kissed her and went out the door to work. At 10 a.m., the doorbell rang, and when she opened the door, she was handed a box containing a dozen long-stemmed red roses. At 1 p.m., a foil-wrapped two-pound box of her favorite chocolates arrived. Then later, a woman from her favorite boutique handed her a designer dress. She was so excited and couldn't wait for her husband to come home. When he walked in the door, she threw her arms around him, saying, Honey, the first the flowers, then the chocolates, then the dress. Darling, this was the best Groundhog's Day ever. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout-out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking Him for His sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to His soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that Your Holy Spirit will anoint this conversation we're having with Your people, and that we'll both be edified and built up in Your most holy faith. We want Jesus in our lives, and we want to manifest His Spirit to each other and to the world. And we ask that you open our eyes of our understanding so we might know what your plan for your church is in these latter days. Today, my co-host with the spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving-kindness. The title of this podcast today is Where Two or Three Are Gathered. Hey, Christy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And I, I talked to that woman from around town. Now she has really high expectations for her anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> if Groundhog's Day was that good, then wow, what's she going to get for her anniversary? I know. <laughs> Every day is a good day in beautiful downtown round town, right. especially on Groundhog's Day. Especially on Groundhog's Day, yes. Yeah, she's a clever girl. Got to watch out for those. <laughs> We're going to talk about where two or three are gathered. And what we want you to understand is that the paradigm of what church is, is changing. The large ministries, the large gatherings, which are still valid and fine to do, they're kind of like a dinosaur. Because what we've seen, especially with COVID, is that outside forces can limit our ability to gather together. And what we want to ask you today is to consider the fact that where two or three are gathered, there is Jesus Christ in your midst. It doesn't take a lot of people to meet Jesus. It doesn't take a lot of people to worship Jesus. In fact, if you're just with another divine connection and Jesus is flowing through that person and Jesus is flowing through you, there is Christ in your midst. And that is the paradigm that God is switching to right now in his worship. We're worshiping God on a more individual level with just a few people. And when we can't get together in large places and large gatherings, we can worship just as effectively or even more effectively with just a few people. 
Yeah, and I have seen that idea in a new way recently, because we tend to think it's better to get together with a lot of believers, but we can get together with two or three and that would be okay. And when Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in the midst, there I am, we tend to think, wow, it only takes two or three, and we don't have to have a group, it only takes two or three. But if you contrast that with the idea that a lot of people have about meeting God is a one-on-one alone thing, where you go into a cave, you go into your room, that's where you can really experience God the fullest. I think what Jesus is teaching is, yeah, everyone has a personal experience with God, and you should be experiencing Him all the time, and you can have powerful times between you and God when you're just alone with Him. But the most powerful way that God wants to manifest right now is between believers. And I think what Jesus is saying is being together with two or three people is a more powerful way to experience that. He doesn't say when you go alone into your closet and pray, there I am powerfully. We know he's there with us always, but he emphasizes the fact that when we are with two or three others, there he is with us in the midst. And I think what that illustrates is the purpose of God right now is to live in his people by his spirit. And so being with people that God connects you to, that God purposely draws you to and connects you to, is the way that we can experience God, I believe, at the deepest, most powerful level. God manifests himself through me as I minister to somebody else. God manifests himself to me as God ministers through someone else. We get to experience God in a way that we can't when we're just completely by ourselves with him. Exactly. You can have your own God's love club with just one or two more people. That's right. It doesn't take a big planning. It doesn't take a large building. It doesn't take putting out flyers so a lot of people know where to come. It just takes calling up the person that God leads you to call up and say, hey, let's get together for lunch. Let's do coffee at Starbucks. Let's go and take a walk at the park. You know, Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about what God's doing in our lives. That's a God's love club. That's where two or three are gathered. And just like God chose to be in the burning bush and manifest himself to Moses, God is choosing to be in that other individual and manifest himself to you. Mm-hmm. As long as the one that God leads you to and that God wants you to be with, God is pleased to dwell in your midst. And he talks to you. He walks with you. He holds you. He comforts you. He listens to what your problems are. He gives you his wisdom from above liberally through that person. Right. And you hear the voice of God talking directly to you through a manifestation of his spirit. This is the new thing that God is doing on the earth. And we need to understand that we don't need to have multi-million dollar buildings in order to worship Jesus very effectively. That's right. We can just get with one or two of our brethren that God leads us to. And we can fellowship with God in such a deep and profound way that we never were able to do in church. Because in that intimacy, in that openness, God can come to us in a way that isn't possible in a large public setting. And he can speak to our real needs. He can be sensitive to how we really feel. We can open up and share the deep things that are going on in our hearts, knowing that It's not going to be broadcast among thousands of people. This is an amazing thing. It's it's a further revelation of God in a smaller unit. And it's concentrating his revelation because it's an individual thing. It's not this one sermon fits all. It's God manifests in the flesh focusing on you. And the same in you. God is manifesting through your flesh and focusing on the person next to you. 
That's right. The dynamic that is involved in this type of manifestation of God is very particular. I was in a church once where the pastor wanted to allow the men's group to have a more personal, intimate ministry, and so he assigned mentors. The more spiritually mature men he would assign to a younger man that was younger in the Lord and less mature, you be with him, you be with him, you be with him, to try to make happen what we're talking about here. And it really didn't work because the pastor assigned certain people based on natural-minded thinking and maybe credentials that they came with. But the reason this does work when you are with the person God wants you to be with is because when you follow the leading of the Spirit and you connect with who God wants you to connect with, you feel God in that person and they feel God in you. And what that does is it allows you to be vulnerable. You can't have true ministry from God and you can't be a true minister for God if you're not vulnerable and open. It requires trust to be vulnerable. And trust is the number one foundation that happens first between spiritual connections. When you meet a spiritual connection and God is putting you together, trust is one of the immediate things that happens because you sense God and we innately trust God unless we have a broken situation in the past that has marred our image of Him, our nature, our spirits trust God. So when we seek God in another person manifesting towards us, we trust that. And it allows you to receive from God in a way that sometimes you can't individually. I know for me, sometimes when something happens, especially if it triggers old pain, or I have a certain mindset about something, I might feel a certain way, I might feel angry, I might feel discouraged. And specifically with Michael, because he's my divine mate and we're very closely connected, God will use him to speak to me in a way that I can feel in my spirit he's speaking the very words of God. And it's encouraging and it's uplifting. It helps relieve my feelings of discouragement. And likewise, the same me to him. Sometimes I will say something, he will say, yes, that's it right there. That's the point I was trying to get at. The way that God flows between us is very, very uplifting. And the experiences that I have with God individually are wonderful and they're very, very powerful. But that experience that I have by myself and the experiences that Michael has by himself, when we come together, it's just magnified. It's not one plus one is two. It's one plus one plus God is huge. And being with another Christian is good, but being with the people that God wants you to be with is vital to really, really experience Him in His depth. We feel a love and an acceptance. It's God with skin on, essentially. What God feels for us is expressed through the other person. We hear God's words and what they say. We feel God's touch and when they touch us. And it's very, very powerful. And that's what He desires for all of His body. We just have to be willing to listen to Him clearly and be led by His Spirit to know who. Because just because a person is in your house or in your church or in your neighborhood or in your family does not necessarily mean that that's a person that God wants you to connect closely to, that God necessarily wants to minister to you through. We're kind and loving to everyone, but we don't have to be that close and that connected with every single person that's in our life. We have to be led by the Spirit to be close to those that God wants us to be in order for Him to really manifest the way He wants to. When you think about it, what person wouldn't get up and get dressed to go take a walk in the park with Jesus? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, if you get the chance, I mean, you're going to drop everything and do that. Why? Well, you really want to know God, and you really want God to know you. You want to have that personal connection with your Father. The principle we need to understand through all this is that God is now manifesting through other people. And if you want to find God, all you do is you need to let him lead you to the other person that he wants to manifest through. you got your own private burning bush. Mm -hmm. you got your own manifestation of the Lord 
that is living and breathing and can talk to you. And when God talks, they can talk, and you can hear the voice of God through them. This is an amazing thing. It is better than anything you've ever experienced in your entire life. When God manifests through another person, you know it's God. Yeah. And you feel it. You feel in your spirit. Your spirit leaps. Yeah, your spirit just jumps for joy because there's Christ manifest in the flesh. You say, wow, everything in you is drawn to that. And you automatically open up and become vulnerable and feel comfortable. You can Mm -hmm. talk to them about anything. Mm -hmm. And the healing that you need, the understanding that you crave, flows from that other individual. And this is how Jesus wants to fitly join his body together, through the bonds of love and through a spiritual connection ordered of his spirit. The salient point there is ordered of his spirit. Very important. That is what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. It can't be through our natural minds. It can't be through what seems right to the natural man. We are connected as God wills. And we allow him to speak to us through whomever he chooses. Now, because God is into typology, God likes to do types and shadows. He likes to do pictures of the bigger picture. Many times that's going to be a man and a woman because there's God and there's his bride. Mm -hmm. And so he's pouring out that picture through both of you. He's loving you through a woman. You're loving him to the woman. And you're becoming that picture of a holy spotless bride and almost a demonstration to the earth that God is about to come for his bride because all that's happening in you. And it's like the ark that sat there for a hundred years. That was a manifestation of God's mercy because he said, I'm going to flood to earth. And I put an ark there to warn you that's going to happen. So if there was any way it could be repented, they could do it, but they didn't. Okay. Right now, God's doing the same thing through manifesting the relationship of the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's manifest through men and women. And he's putting a picture of that on the earth because he's about to do that in the heavenlies. He's about to come for his bride and take her away so she can be with him forever. And that's flowing through, breaking through to the earth in these spiritual connections. So however God wants to come with you, If it's just through a male-male relationship, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Jonathan and David were like that. (laughs) Exactly. If it's a female-female relationship, that's fine. If it's a male-female relationship, which it most often is, that is God's will. We have a divine right to love as God loves. He is sovereign. And if we are being led by his Holy Spirit to love another individual, it is his sovereign right to do that through us and nobody can gainsay nor resist the hand of god when he wants to move they need to get over to the side and they need to allow god to do his will on the earth and his sovereignty is the key in this because jesus didn't just say where two or three are gathered i am there what he said is when two or three are gathered in my name i am there And being in the name of Jesus doesn't just mean you say, in Jesus' name. It's not like a 10-4 good buddy over and out kind of a thing. In Jesus' name is the point of authority that we are given. We don't just take the name and say, well, I'm going to grab this name and use it for power. Being in 
Jesus' name means being in his authority and going on his behalf. If God sends you off to a place to do a ministry and you are sent by God, you have his anointing, you have his authority. Exactly. And the authority of Jesus allows what you do to prosper. What Jesus is saying, I believe, when he says where two or three are gathered in my name, he's saying where two or three are gathered in my authority. So if I am grabbing onto Jesus as my Lord and he says, go here and minister to this person and I'm going to connect you to this person, I'm going in his authority. I have his authority to be there. The other person has the authority to be there. He's sovereign and he manifests himself there because it's him doing it. It's him designing it. We can't pick our own spiritual connections. We can't just say, ooh, that guy's good looking. I want to be connected to him. God, would you connect (laughs) me to him, please? It doesn't work like that. God connects you to who he wants you to be connected to for his purposes. So when we walk in the authority of God, which means I'm not making my own choices, I'm doing what God wants me to do, it's his authority that we walk in when we minister to someone with two or three other people. That's where he really manifests. It's not just any old person. It's not even just any old Christian. We have to be sensitive to the spirit and the authority of Jesus that's leading us to the people that he wants us to be connected to. Precisely. It's as God wills. You know, he's the person who is leading and guiding us, and it's not according to just what we think is right. Right. You know, what we think is right has not really worked all that good. I sit here and I try to understand, okay, Lord, how do I explain this with people? And it's like you have a church of 5,000 people, and they're all organized according to what seems right to the natural man. You know, they're seated in their places. They come to that church And they have a set way of doing things. But in the church of Jesus Christ that he is going to manifest on the earth, God is going to take half of those people and move them to some other church. God is going to take another third of those people and have them rearrange their marriages so that they can be with the people that God foreordained them to be with. God is going to take the pastor and have him sit down in the pew and have another pastor get up there who will yield to his Holy Spirit. Mm. All the deacons will be fired. (laughs) And the church will break down into smaller groups. It won't be this massive building that needs to be kept up. You won't have to spend millions of dollars resurfacing the parking lot because you don't need a parking lot. Exactly. And it'll be two or three gathered together. There may be 50. There may be 100. In the odd chance, there may be a big gathering. But it is not necessary to have all that apparatus around what God does Mm -hmm. to get his will performed. What really matters is what we do outside those four walls of church. And that can be done most effectively with two or three people. One person can call up somebody and say, hey, you want to go grab a cup of coffee? And during that cup of coffee, you can let Jesus manifest and minister to both of you. Another person can say, hey, you know, you want to come and help me do something today? And they'll say, fine. And they'll come over and they'll plant flowers and they'll talk about the Lord and they'll minister. Still another say, hey, do you want to go down to the park and walk? And you'll walk together, you'll fellowship together. And you'll say, hey, let's go over there and talk to that person. And you'll sit down with some old lady and you'll start talking to her and listen to her. And she'll feel the spirit of God in you. And she'll start opening up and you'll start ministering to her. The ministry of the perfected bride of Christ is really outside the church walls. It is not inside a building. You may be able to fit 25,000 people within a church walls, you know, two or three times a week. But really, there's the millions that need to be touched and ministered to outside those walls that actually need 
the body of Christ to be out there doing that. When we're hooked into God, we are walking manifestations of His Spirit. We have a direct line to the Holy Spirit. We fellowship with God every moment of every day. And when we meet another person by His Spirit, we fellowship with them too. We are led by God's Spirit. This is a new day. This is the day when Jesus Christ is walking the earth again in us, and he gets to do whatsoever he wants. He is not bound by our traditions. What tradition was Jesus ever bound to in his first coming? He insulted Judaism all the time by doing exactly opposite of what they said he should do. And he was God manifest in the flesh. There was no more accurate demonstration of who God was Mm -hmm. and is than Jesus Christ. Yet he was doing opposite of what the established religious order demanded. And God backed him up. And in this day and age, if you'll do what God wants you to do, regardless of what those around you think you should do, God will back you up too, because you are a manifestation, a revealing of his will on the earth. And he finally gets to do what he wants to do. And this is necessary. We need to throw off the shackles and the bondage of the legalistic church and become living, breathing epistles of God walking amongst his fallen sons so that he can heal this generation that is so in need of a touch of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And Jesus understood spiritual connection. Jesus understood how binding and prohibitive the legalistic rules were. He wanted to go into the house of a tax collector so he could talk to those people and draw them to God. Exactly. Judaism said he couldn't, but he did anyway. He wanted to allow the woman to worship him with her tears and wipe them with her hair. I mean, you talk about a very intimate act. There in front of everyone, she came and worshipped him and cried at his feet and put her tears on him and wiped them with her hair. And he allowed that and he encouraged that. He actually rebuked the people that wanted to make her stop. That was not something that was appropriate. That was something that he allowed because he knew that the restrictions of people worshiping the way they felt to worship and loving the way they felt to love were prohibitive. He talked to a woman at the well who was a Samaritan by himself about her sex life, basically. And talk about inappropriate. The people today in most churches would not allow that kind of a thing. You guys aren't married. You're by yourselves. It looks bad. Jesus didn't care about that. He knew that she needed to hear from him one-on-one. He knew that she was open to the truth about worshiping God in spirit and truth that other people wouldn't be open to. We need to move as Jesus moves. We need to move in the authority that Jesus gives us. That's one thing we need to remember. When we are following the leading of the Spirit, it's not our authority and it's not our choice that we're doing things. We're doing things by God's choice and by God's authority. And I like what you said about very often in spiritual connections, it's a man and a woman. A lot of times it is because, like you said, it manifests in divine mates, and so God can demonstrate the bride of Christ in that manner as a picture of that. But I also think it's because when God created humanity, he created a male and female. Right. People are created with a bent toward masculinity or femininity. And there's a lot of talk these days about balancing the two in yourself, masculine and feminine in yourself. That's not the way we're created. We're created to be 
mostly feminine if you're a woman and mostly masculine if you're a man. But the combination of the masculine and feminine makes a full person in God's eyes. So a lot of times you'll see connections. I heard a story of a young man who was up preaching at a church and there was an older woman in the congregation. He got done preaching. He came and sat down with her. They had made eye contact. They had connected while he was preaching and he sat down and she told him, you are my son. They had never met before, but spiritually she knew that God had connected him to her as her son, and he knew that God had connected him to her as his mother. That was a powerful connection. That was, again, the male and the female coming together. I had that experience myself. My first connection was a young man that was the age of my children. It was a similar type thing where there was a male and female dynamic, but it wasn't in the capacity of a romantic relationship. John and Mary are another example. When Jesus was on the cross, he told Mary, this is your son. He told John, this is your mother. Well, why would that even be necessary? John had another mother, as far as we know, that he needed to take care of. She was there a few chapters before. We assume she was still alive and she was a believer. Mary had other sons besides Jesus, and we know that they became powerful Christians after Jesus resurrected from the dead. So why couldn't she just be with them? But scripture says that from that point on, John took Mary into his home and took care of her. I believe they were spiritual connections. I believe that they had a similar spirit and that Jesus connected him with his authority. This is your mother. This is your son. And with that authority, they could live in a situation that, according to the Jewish traditions, would be awkward. God doesn't care about traditions, and he doesn't care about what people think. He cares about getting his will done. And it's really important that we listen to him and be led by him, because just being with any old person, even if they're a Christian, can only take you so far in the way that God manifests. The way that you're really going to see God manifest in your life is when you are with a person that he connects you to. That is absolutely true. A man and a woman, when joined together by the Holy Spirit, constitute a whole man. Yeah. Until they are joined together, until they become one, in the Spirit, primarily, you are not complete. Everybody says that their wives are their better halves. It's really true. Until you are connected in the spirit to another female, if you're a man, or to a man, if you're a female, you are not complete. Now, this doesn't have to always manifest in a physical intimacy. Right. Most of the time, when God connects people, it's a spiritual intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual joining. You know, sex is a special instance of divine mates but people who are joined by the spirit they are one and they are one in the holy spirit and Mm -hmm. god now because they're joined can flow to each one of them individually and he flows in revelation they know him through knowing one another in him and that is a profound state of being that god has been going for since the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. It's only that sin broke that. In the beginning, God made man male and female. And the revelation is that a male and female together is a man. Right. Eve was taken out of Adam, formed into a human being, then brought back to him. Mm -hmm. And now, being with that woman, he's complete. Exactly. He's a whole man. And... A man without a woman can't function properly. A woman without a man cannot function properly, Mm -hmm. despite what the feminists tell you. They can't. Why? Because God did not create them that way. I mean, we recognize in the animal kingdom that horses are better at running with people on them than pigs. Pigs are better 
at rooting in the ground than horses. Why? It's just how they're designed. One's not better than the other. They're just different. And so in these spiritual connections, God is rearranging the church into his image and likeness. He is reorganizing what we call Christianity to accurately reflect his will and his spirit on earth. And this is going to become more and more relevant and more and more evident as we draw closer to the time of the bride. I was talking to somebody this week and I was saying, it's no wonder that there's so much intimacy in the tabernacle movement because that's the final finishing touches on the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is absolutely enthralled with her bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. She wants to be with him. She wants to be known by him. She wants to be kissed with the kisses of his mouth. She wants to be held by him. She wants to get out of her bed and go looking for him in the streets. She's going to search for him. On her mind right now is being with her bridegroom. And we're manifesting that between the picture of that on earth. Between men and women, we're manifesting that intimacy. Because the bride of Christ is intimate. And it is amazing to me that the devil has set up things so perfectly to degrade intimacy to make it filthy to make it terrible in the eyes of the church the very thing that god wants to use to perfect the church the devil has known what is coming and she has specifically tried to muddy the water so we can't see what's going on and it's a revelation that we have to receive the holy spirit i wish i could understand how to convey this in a perfect way so you would understand it. But the trouble is that it's an experience. An experience you have to have for yourself. I can't sit here and explain it because it cannot ever do it justice. That's why we always point you towards Jesus Christ. Right. We always say, you know, this is something that you have to do yourself. You've got to make the journey yourself. You've got to go to that place. We can point you in the right direction, but you've got to put one foot in front of the other and you've got to do it yourself. You know, nobody else is going to stand for you in the coming days. You and Jesus, that's who's going to count. And you may have two or three gathered in one place, but right now we don't know what's going to happen. But with this kind of church configuration where you're led by the Holy Spirit, where you just go where God goes, there's no way to track that. There's no cookie you can put on the Holy Spirit to let you know what he's going to do next. <laughs> right. Google doesn't know where you're going to be tomorrow if you're led to the Spirit. Mm -hmm. I don't care what predictive stuff they got going on. Their AI is absolutely ineffective against Spirit-led Christians. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a big thing in the coming days because right now, big tech has figured out that knowing everything about you and making predictions about what you're going to do makes them money. And so your privacy in the natural is no more. And it's only going to get worse. The only way that you're going to be anonymous to Google or to Facebook or for Twitter or all these other big tech companies is to be led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's a weird thing, but it's true. And they'll never get a handle on that. Their AI will never predict what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And so we are on the edge of a revolution 
made not by men, but by the Holy Spirit. The church is going to look vastly different than it is right now. It's going to be rearranged according to God's plan. And only those who will come out of man's plan will be able to go into God's plan. It's amazing to me that people are wedded to centuries of unprofitable doctrine. It hasn't worked. It hasn't made people's lives better. It is bondage. And it's the same thing when Christ came in the first century. Jesus was out doing what God wanted, and the Pharisees were looking down their nose at him. They didn't want them to do the will of God, even though they professed to believe in the same God. In the coming days, it's an individual walk with God, and he will lead you to be connected with two or three other people, and they will be your conduit to the Holy Spirit, to God, to heaven, and you will receive the word of God through your brethren, and it will not be in the same way that it's done now. The only comfort I have is that I know that people that are spiritually in tune, no matter what I say, are going to get this. Yeah. And I'm telling you beforehand so that when it happens, you'll understand what's going on and you'll hopefully accept it. That's my heart because I went through this searching phase and trying to figure out what's going on phase and rearranging everything phase and saying, oh my God phase. And (laughs) I finally came to the acceptance phase where I said, okay, this is just what God's doing and he's sovereign. He gets to do what he wants. And my hope is that when you hear about spiritual connection with what they really are when you have one you'll say okay and you'll skip those other phases and just go to the acceptance phase and let god do what he wants we just want to encourage you and confirm to you when you're experiencing these things in god that you are on the right track you know michael went through this whole thing when god was showing this to him and he had nobody that he could talk to that shared the experience, really. When I learned about spiritual connections and tabernacles and being led by the Spirit, I was completely alone in it. I couldn't find anybody that was experiencing it for several years until I finally met Michael. And we are trying to help people that are in that same situation. If you really feel that God is connecting you to someone and God really ministers to you through that person and there's trust and there's vulnerability and there's acceptance, then you can know that that's God. The other part of this revelation that is really helpful, that is probably new to a lot of us, is we feel like when we are receiving this blessing of a spiritual connection, we get our needs met, they get their needs met. But sometimes it makes you feel a little bit selfish because you feel like God is ministering to you so personally and so intimately that you just feel very blessed, you feel very fortunate, and you feel like my life is supposed to be poured out in service to God. I shouldn't be being this blessed. But the interesting thing about being with a person that you're with by Jesus's authority is that just like God will minister to someone else through me, I actually am ministering also to God as I minister to that person. Yeah, that's true. Because Jesus is in that person and Jesus is putting this connection together. When I minister to my spiritual connection, Jesus feels that. Jesus responds to that. Jesus is blessed. And when my spiritual connection ministers to me by the leading of the Holy Spirit, Jesus receives that. Jesus said it, as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. When you minister to those who are his brethren, to those who belong to him, and he says, here, I want you to love this person. Here, I want you to love this person. He benefits from that. He is blessed. He loves being in the midst of those kinds of 
connections. When he says, there I am in the midst of you, it's not just because he says, okay, fine, I got to be on earth somewhere, so I guess I'll do it here. He loves that. He (laughs) wants to be in the midst of that. He's excited about being with you anytime you call upon him, but he's very, very excited about being in the midst of you when you are with the person that he connects you to. He loves that and he receives from it just as much as we receive from it. Jesus receives from it, and it is a form of worship to him. I think it's actually the form of worship, if you want to know the truth. (laughs) Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's dwelling in us. That's what the Holy Spirit filling you means. The same Spirit that was in Christ is now in you. What? Well, he's reconciling the world unto God. He's doing the same thing he was at the first century. He's just doing it in millions of people. And... It takes millions of people to reach the billions of people on the planet. You know, when you think about a holy kiss, which is mentioned five times in the New Testament, (laughs) it is God kissing you through another person. He's using their lips and their body to express affection to you in the most holy and pure way possible. And when God is kissing you through another person, you feel not only their lips, but the Spirit of God mm-hmm. coming through them, expressing himself. It is the most profound thing that you've ever experienced in your entire life. But the other thing, just like Christy said, is you're kissing God. Can you believe that? You're kissing God manifest in the flesh. God is receiving your love. God is receiving your heart through your lips touching another person's lips who's filled with God. This is the mystery of the church. This is how God receives love. You know, if you visited him in jail, he was visited because he was in that Mm. person sitting in the jail cell. Right, exactly. When you minister to somebody who's sick, you're ministering to God because he's in that person who is sick. When you're kissing another person as God leads, you're kissing God. Now that is profound. That's very profound. There is nobody in the face of the earth that doesn't want to be that close to God. Mm. If they really have a heart to be his bride, they're there. And I'm telling you, this is where God is dwelling now. In times past, God dwelt in different manifestations, in different forms. But in these last days, God has fully manifested through his son, Jesus Christ, whom all the Godhead dwelt in bodily. And we, according to the scriptures, you, according to the scriptures, are the body of Christ. And as you are filled with this Holy Spirit, you become part of the head. And God manifests through you, just as he manifested through Jesus. Yeah, that's really profound. You know, Going back to the example of John and Mary when Jesus was on the cross in times past when Jesus was on the earth, could be that John and Mary were the two people on the earth that were the closest to Jesus, that knew him the best, could be the two that he could feel the closest to, the most vulnerable to, could be the two that he was the most connected to when he was on earth. And he didn't need to put them together when he was there because Jesus could minister to John. John ministered to Jesus. Jesus could minister to Mary. Mary ministered to Jesus. We see when he was on the cross, it was John and Mary that were there ministering to him. When he was on the cross and getting ready to die and send his spirit, that's when he assigned them to each other. 
And I think it's significant because he loved John so much, and he received ministry from John so much, and he loved Mary so much, and he received ministry from Mary so much that he wanted that to continue. So he was going to come, put his spirit in John, put his spirit in Mary, so he could continue to love John and continue to receive ministry from John by them ministering to each other. I think that's the perfect picture of what he's wanting to do with spiritual connections. When he was on earth, it wasn't necessary. When he is in heaven and he really wants to love his people, he sends a spirit. He didn't leave earth because he didn't want to be here anymore, because he didn't want to be able to touch people and hug them and speak to them and love them. That's not why he left. He left so that he could send a spirit, so that his manifestation of God that walked around in his human body could be spread all over the earth. He doesn't want to stop the ministry that he did on earth. He wants it to continue, but he wants to enhance it by sending a spirit, which will give us more power and spread the message further. So you are that person now. You are the one that manifests Jesus as he leads you by his authority to someone else. And not only that, but you minister to Jesus. You love Jesus, and he receives ministry from you when you love the person that he tells you to love in the way he tells you to love them. Amen to that. Here's a spiritual exercise that you can try this week, and you can do it alone so you don't get embarrassed. Set aside an hour or two on Sunday or any day of the week. Do it when you're not going to be disturbed, okay? And then go and get your favorite worship music and put it on your phone or on the stereo or whatever and play it. Stand in the middle of the room, put your arms up, and let God move you. You can just sway to the music. You can turn and twirl. But just open your heart and your spirit as you worship God. And if the spirit takes hold of you, allow him to do it. Mm. Allow him to start moving you. A lot of times when people feel the spirit of God, their hands start moving. That's okay. Your hips can start moving. Your feet can start moving. You can start singing. However you want to do, don't have any expectations. Just allow God to do what he wants. And... This is how you begin to yield to his spirit. Mm. You get familiar with how God moves you. If he can move your body in private, it's a lot easier to do it when you're in public. Another thing you can do, you can go to the park on a nice day and sit on the bench and just wait for God to talk and see what he says. Some people, they receive God through just listening to him through his creation. Some receive God through an audible voice. Some The voice talks in their heart or mind, or they just have this feeling. And just be alone with God for a little bit. And if God tells you to go do something, just do it. Now, that's a lot easier said than done, because Mm -hmm. immediately you say, oh my God, people are going to think I'm weird. It's like everybody in the world's looking at you. And and the truth is they're not. They don't care. And if you feel to go sit by somebody, go sit by somebody. If you feel to go speak to them, speak to them. If you feel to do something, do it. You know, just practice in little steps, yielding to God's Spirit. It's something that you can do. It doesn't cost money. It just may cost a little bit of your pride, (laughs) a little bit of embarrassment. But you'll begin to understand how God moves you, and that will provide a foundation for God to do other things in your life later. That's wonderful advice. Yeah, because the point of tabernacles is yielding ourselves fully and practicing that when we feel the presence of God in worship or whatever we're doing, just let God take you. And when we practice letting God take your body as you're moving to worship music, then that practice will manifest in our life in ways that all of a sudden I feel like going left. 
So I'm going to go left and see where God takes me and just yielding yourself completely so that God can live in you as fully as possible. None of us is going to manifest God the way that Jesus did. Jesus was fully man and fully God. We just have a measure of the Spirit in us. But to whatever measure we are given, we need to yield to that fully and just allow God to use us however He wants to. You won't be disappointed. You will find such joy and peace and satisfaction in ways that you never have before. Yeah, take your talents and multiply them. Yeah. You know that God wants you to do that. You use them wisely, you know, give them back more than you got. He likes that. Amen? Amen. Well, that's all the time we have on God's Love Club. We appreciate you so much, and we're glad you've been here until the end. Again, let's have a word from our sponsor. Reverend of the First Church of the Superficial, where we are increased with goods and have need of nothing. Today, I'd like to talk to you about a very, very serious issue. Somebody, I will not say who, but the usher did fall upon him, accused me of being prideful. Yeah, I know, it's unbelievable, but I told him, you know, my family was never poor. My granddaddy was rich, my pappy was wealthy. Heck, even my dog was well off. But we were poor in spirit. And so we understand, we empathize with those who do not have a lot of money, even though we're filthy rich. And I want you to know that pride does not enter into my heart. I have wall-to-wall humility. Let me put it this way. Compared to me, Moses had a pride problem. Amen? This is another righteous moment from the righteous reverend, be blessed. Wow, that was <laughs> wisdom from above. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you again. We love you. We bless you. Have a good week. Know that God loves you and wants to be personally involved in your life. You don't have to have anybody to be your mediator between Christ. You just talk to him and exactly. he talks to you back. Yeah. And if he needs to be your mediator to God, that's what he does. You know, and just Mm -hmm. relax and go with God's flow and have a great week. And we'll see you next time on God's Love Club. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I was not being righteous about that moment. (laughs) Just so you know. (laughs) Let's do this thing. Yeah. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm.